Today on Octal FM, we're joined by Louise Swift, a software developer who says on her website that 100%ing Final Fantasy VII taught her the true meaning of grit. Louise tells us what it's like building video games using the Unity game engine, and we all discuss the wide world of game design and development. Hello and welcome to another episode of Oxl FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Sefran. And we're joined today by another special guest. Uh, we have Louise Swift joining us today. Say hello, Louise. Hello. <laughs> hello. Louise is a, uh, a friend of mine and a fellow software developer at a company called Nomeo. And you primarily do a lot of um, web development and sort of web app development and that kind of thing, right? Yes, that is correct. Quite a lot of that. But... We didn't want to get you on to talk about that today. We actually wanted to get you on because you mentioned that you have been working on a project with Unity, which we thought was really interesting. But we f- before we talk about Unity um, and what it is and all of that kind of thing, Louise, if you could give a little bit of a background about what you do and who you are, um, that would be that would be great as a starting point. Yeah, definitely. I could do that for sure. (laughs) So as you said, I'm a a software developer. I've been working actually nearly, it's my first year complete at Nomeo now. So that's pretty exciting. Before that, I was, I was freelance for four years, which Mm -hmm. I just generally refer to as just like such a difficult time in so many ways. I know, um, yeah, freelancing has this kind of reputation of being a dream for some people in some ways and then but for me it was tough so Mm. um, I'm really really happy to be able to say that yeah I've been part of a team now for nearly a year like literally a few days away from from being a year fantastic well done thank god yeah thank god yeah one of the reasons why i think working as part of a team is so much better for me anyway is because when you're freelancing obviously you think i'll have so much control over my own schedule that i'll do so many side projects mm-hmm. and then i feel like actually maintaining control over your schedule i don't know my experience just gets harder and harder people want you to do more and more work which is good and then before you know it you're just like I can't remember when I last had a day off let yeah. alone side project time so so actually that's been a real bonus to be able to do different different types of work and yeah explore different uh, technologies mm. and, and different types of projects um, I've done so much more of yeah. that this year bit of a tangential question actually yeah. but you're just going off of there it's like give you the opportunity to kind of like work with different like tools and like software and stuff mm. but now that you've kind of like uh, been in the year at Nomeo have you had the opportunity to kind of like learn new things that you wouldn't otherwise had the chance to yeah gosh okay so things that I've learned I've got all like unity in my mind but um I, there's definitely been other things probably actually it'll be loads of little things like using html5 canvas and all that kind of mm. you know just things that like we, we you know we'll get sent designs and they'll be amazing uh there'll be maybe we'll get sent kind of videos of how the interaction should work and like cool effects that should happen and you just have to kind of figure out how on earth to kind yeah. of make that reality and I guess as a freelancer, that's something you, you tend to not get that same variety of stuff, right? Like, because you're more, you're mm-hmm. a little bit more honed in because it's just you. 
Well, yeah, exactly. Like there's really no breathing room. It's mm. very, feels much more kind of risky to to kind of take on something where you've got no idea how long it'll take. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's, yeah, as you say, like 100% on you to kind of, yeah, make sure everything is in line kind of mm. financially and time-wise and just the whole project, managing the project, yeah. dealing with clients. It must make the whole process much more enjoyable for you too, knowing that you have another paycheck next month without fail sort of thing as well. You can kind of just work at what you want to do seriously everyone in freelancing is like how can you get that monthly recurring revenue and i'm like i know one way <laughs> get a job <laughs> you can get a job, get like, a job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's no i mean i don't mean to kind of make light of it like there's obviously huge downsides for full-time work when when people might have to commute for hours and hours so i don't mean to kind of make light of that because obviously you know, if you can't have a flexible schedule or if work hours are horrendous and travel is horrendous, then of course, you know, things like that are serious issues. But I do have to say, you know, my experience of freelancing a few years ago, I just ended up thinking for me personally, there's not enough benefit. And, yeah. you know, you don't have to yeah. pursue freelancing as like the end goal, actually. It's yeah. not necessarily a backward step to go into full-time, full-time. work again. Yeah yeah and, so yeah it's been really nice yeah and of course one of the things that as you say that you've had a chance to work work on or work with that maybe you wouldn't have as a freelancer is unity right yeah yeah so and that's like a real kind of going out on a limb kind of why don't we try and make a game and so yeah I got to literally spend time kind of going through unity tutorials um and mm. then just kind of diving into trying to make this little 2d puzzle game and and then actually one of the most amazing things about it is his boyfriend it makes is a music producer and mm. and so he made some music for it so that was actually such an interesting project in terms of people just kind of contributing we were just kind of throwing together what we had to put in and um, yeah and and that's actually so fun and you guys actually maybe that's one of the things that's really great about making a podcast or something together that you get to just kind of put in what you want to put in and everyone's contributing and it, but yeah. it's, not, it's not like a super serious work thing it's like mm. what can we make and what will be fun yeah yeah you definitely get a much more kind of varied result because you're working with people rather than yeah. just doing your own thing which oftentimes you kind of you kind of blinky yourself you know you put your you put your blinkers on you don't realize where you're heading until you're there whereas other people point out which is uh, which is really useful yeah, no, collaborative work is so enjoyable um, and mm. it's just so, so much fun with like multiple kind of minds engaged and the amount of times that in the day now that I, you know, I'm still kind of getting used to not having to be by myself, you know, working <laughs> quietly all day long. Um, and so being able to just, yeah, kind of just say stuff out loud, like if you're stuck or if you just yeah, want an extra opinion. Around. Yeah. And, and then the amount of times that people will notice really obvious things that, you know, you get that tunnel vision, don't you? I think that's what you were saying. Mm. Like, yeah, definitely. It's so focused on trying to just solve a problem and get a thing done. And then someone else could come along and be like, oh, have you tried? And you'd be like, oh, yes. Oh, yeah, duh. <laughs> that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, exactly. That happens all the time. And I actually find it brilliant. Slightly frustrating, mm. but brilliant. So you recently started using like Unity for a project that you had. Had you had any experience with it before or was this sort of your first time or? Um, It was, yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think I'd really looked into it before at all. So it was really, really like a new experience. Hmm. And I feel like at this point, actually, I could say upon reflection, maybe I was a little bit 
cocky about it. (laughs) I was like, yeah, we'll be fine. Just make a unit, just make a game in Unity. I've literally never, oh, I'd made like, the only experience with games that I had is this little kind of um, online course that I did kind of learning a bit of Python. And we made some games that were like, you know, a version of asteroids where you have a spaceship that'll, you can fly around and shoot asteroids, Um, Mm. you know, things like that. Um, And so I was like, I know game physics, I, I know how to do this. It's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> no problem. Um, so I just went in with a lot of confidence and actually was, I think, really taken aback by how, how it's, yeah, it's big software and it does a lot of things and there's loads that I actually yeah. um, can only begin to even appreciate that kind of experienced game developers know. That's, that's actually a question that I have, like, so compared to, you know, you mentioned there that you've, you've previously sort of done some you followed tutorials and done some bits and pieces where you've made something in in something like python which mm-hmm. if you're listening and you're not a, a keen software developer is sort of a general purpose programming language um and so something you know making a game in that is sort of is not how a game that you buy off the shelf is going to have been made right where doing it the hard way kind of thing yeah whereas something like unity is is a framework that a lot of games are actually made in um, and so mm-hmm. that's actually a, a question that I have is sort of what are those things that it gives you, right? So it's a it's a framework for for making games, but can you do console games? Is it just PC games or just mobile games or anything? Um, I think actually that's one of the most incredible things about Unity, but but also in my experience, like one of the trickiest to really work with is is the fact that they allow you to create builds for pretty much any platform that you can imagine. Like that mm. is what Unity offers a sort of in principle that you would just kind of click create build and you choose from, you know, Android, iOS, web, desktop, app kind of situation, loads of platforms. And um, I think, you know, maybe even Microsoft things or whatever. And yeah. um, you can potentially then just get this build that's going to run on this on that platform without technically needing to know very much about the details of how that platform actually will run your game Mm. um which is really incredible but i would say that the biggest like hair tearing out situation that we had was trying to create an android build and we basically Mm. it was so bad that even though i'm still a little bit bad at asking for help and always want to try and figure things out myself we ended up having to ask a Unity developer from a small team of Unity devs, right? well, they're primarily focused on that at the moment, um, who work in the same office space as us, we had to ask him to kind of come over and do like Unity whispering to get this this Android <laughs> build to, yeah, to actually kind of compile and complete and, and be sort of output. Yeah, it was so frustrating. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. And it was right at the end as well. Well, you know, we didn't build anything that huge, but it was just... We were we were ready to be playing the game on phones, and so yes. that was quite frustrating. I would potentially warn a new developer. It's really that. interesting, though, that that's the sort of the goal of this of this tool of this framework is to support that kind of being able to have it on any platform. Because you know, as a, mm. as, I mean, you're you're a gamer as well as a developer, right? So you you mm. we all have experience of those like bad ports where games are made for one console or one platform and then they're put on another one and it's done badly mm. or it doesn't really work that well. And it's and that's I guess perhaps 
in some ways maybe unity is 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 sort of partly to blame there in that it does try and make it easy for you to have it on multiple platforms but actually not only do you need to get it working within unity and the problems that you encountered from a technical point of view but also the problems in the sense that the game doesn't necessarily translate perfectly well from one type of platform to another I think that's really true, actually, Um, because I'm trying to think of all the great mobile games, for example, and you just don't, I mean, who thinks, oh, I'm really, really enjoying this game on my phone, like I wish that I could play it on my PlayStation, like... Yeah. surely no one <laughs> yeah yeah no that's such a good point and and now i'm just thinking about this other team of that are game developers and use unity a lot and i think they pretty much always develop for ios so mm. yeah maybe this kind of oh so magical feature of kind of being able to create a build for any platform is not not actually that really the direction that most people would want to go mm. yeah and i also think perhaps my sort of failure to get the android build working um or to even kind of be created was probably because i didn't know enough about actual android development mm. yes so the underlying you know what you're developing for yeah. kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah it's quite sense. possible that someone who was experienced with android would have no problems because they yeah. would know like oh i need this additional package and blah 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 and mm. it would be obvious to them has has there been anything that you've because you've done both sides in terms of playing games and now doing a bit of development, has there been anything that you've that you've spotted when you're developing that you're like, oh, that like you sort of see things and you can relate to things that you recognise in your that you've seen in games in terms of like particular pieces of functionality that Unity has, and you're like, oh, I can see now that loads of other games use that sort of feature that's available. Well, there was there was obviously the moment of heartbreak when I realised that a two D game is just you know some sprites that respond to clicks, and yeah. no matter how amazing they are, it's that's just that's just what it is. Mm. But actually, you know, that's worn off, and now I'm just really impressed by how incredible it is that game developers make such a simple, fundamental mm. thing into such engaging experiences. Yes. And I'm still just endlessly fascinated by the question of what actually makes a game really fun to play Mm. and the different elements of that because I feel like there's the side where you're really impressed by something like oh it looks better than real life or oh I'm you know doing some kind of gameplay that it seems really exciting and hasn't been done before versus the kind of gameplay that you just get obsessed with even though it's 2d and it seems basic and it's I don't know like a cooking sim or like the amazing Stardew Valley or something where Mm. it's just so enjoyable to play that whole question is still very much on my mind and it's obviously not tied to like graphics or Mm. sort of the modern technologies or anything or even the framework that you're using right that's that's not that's really interesting that you've been exposed to this in the sense that you've had a project that to make a game and you've started Mm. using this you know unity this framework for building it but actually that's such a small part of game development in that sense and you know actually building it and using the tools to build it compared to exactly like you say what makes a game fun and interesting and immersive Mm. and it's really interesting also to hear that you you know having now done a bit of this you have even more respect for developers building games i think that that's i think that's really interesting yeah because it's kind of like um it's almost oh i just thought of such a gruesome example (laughs) that it's always like (laughs) assembling a human body but having no soul in it sorry that's such a don't imagine that for real (laughs) 
<laughs> but it is almost like that, sort of. Okay, I've technically built a game. You can click on things, tap on things and move them around and things happen and there's points. And then you, you could just be so many millions of miles away from that being an engaging experience. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, the people, I, it's, it's even more kind of amazing sorcery in my mind now. Um, how people turn, you know, some amazing art and some some really good sounds. But how do you actually, you know, do the alchemy to make that truly a fun, enjoyable game that mm. loads of people kind of connect to and kind of resonates with them? It's magic. But I just think games are, you know, one of my, you know, the best art forms. I, I think they mm. totally... Sounds like you missed your true calling of being a game designer rather than a developer. Well, I don't know, because I just don't understand how they do it. So... <laughs> maybe just pondering the mystery for the rest of my life. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I totally am going to do that because I started, well, I have this like side project idea. I don't know about you guys, but like with side projects and things, if you ever have one that's kind of on the back burner, but just for ages and ages and ages, and you keep thinking about it and then kind of coming back, but then leaving it again, but it, you would just still think about it for ages. And for me, it's this one, which is this, which is like this idea of, of making a text-based game so that it's mm. supposed to be really simple and quick to make in theory. In and, theory. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that then I might explore the mysteries of what actually makes a game engaging. Oh, I see. That's really interesting. So strip away the technical challenges of building something graphical and, you know, fancy and working on mm. mobile and stuff like that. And instead go back to the sort of, I guess, the origins of video games in the sense of the storytelling and the interactive storytelling and interactive fiction to explore yeah. the actual, like, what makes the story of a game compelling? What makes the, you know, the what makes yeah. I know exactly. gameplay yeah yeah exactly but yeah. basic yeah I wish that I I wish I could say that I had something amazing to show and link to but I literally you know I work on this I feel like about one day a year it's always over Christmas <laughs> but I'm like I must find the secret of games <laughs> like what makes a game fun <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a mission! Then I, like, fail. Yeah. <laughs> gonna say that's a super task. Yeah, yeah. It's it's quite. If any of you, yeah, if I, if you ever know anyone or find out anything that's kind of a hint, please please let me know because <laughs> I'm I'm just trying to find out the hard way. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what would you guys say is is genuinely the most engaging game that you've played, even Ooh. without necessarily the most you know, modern graphics or... Engaging game? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. <clears throat> you put us on the spot here, but yeah. thanks to the magic of editing, the ideas <laughs> gonna... come to us immediately. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're going to know straight away what our answers are. Um, yeah, um... that's cool. You could even just fill it in later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess games that have let, had me thinking about them for a long period of time... Mm. For me, are kind of games that I want to kind of keep doing over and over and over again until I get really good at. So, yeah. for example, like XCOM and uh, Civilization, mm. they're oh, very yeah. much the most. And which is odd because I think I feel like going against sort of what you were trying to get at with like maybe a story side of things and very much interacting mm. media. But mm -hmm. that to me is sort of like the, the pinnacle of gameplay because I want to master those systems and mm. I want to essentially game the game you know and yeah. really sort of like learn how to be the best at it and that engages me in a sense that like all i will do all day when i'm in the car and when i'm at work when i'm at home i'll just mm. be thinking about it like what can i do in that next mission what can i do in that next turn yeah and those kind of games are very much the, the engaging ones for me 
yeah, the kind of one that makes you actually want to read up on it and you'll kind yes, of yes. want to, like, I want learn to have that wiki open. And, yeah, exactly. That's a really, really good point. And actually, I don't think it necessarily... So I think one of the things that interests me most is like whether story, slightly more effective story can be introduced there and whether, you know, imagine if you had something like civilization, but like some events happened that kind of added a bit of meaning alongside that. I don't know. I don't know. I, I so don't have any conclusion to any of my <laughs> thoughts yet. <laughs> I wish I did. One of the games that we've kind of, we have touched on in the past with, uh, with Tony as well, is like mm. the Fire Emblem games. Mm. Oh yeah. And they sort of like kind of fit in that sort of niche that you've just described in oh, that cool. they definitely have quite a strong story element to them but they still have that very engaging gameplay where you want to master it maybe mm. not quite as in-depth as something like Civ or XCOM but still pretty pretty deep that's really interesting that's and it's not the uh, first time they've been recommended to me David the Fire Emblem games <laughs> yes they are fantastic yes I'm still trying to think what my answer is for like what is the most <laughs> engaging yeah, um, like, is there has there ever been a game where you've been, like, reading about it online, like, while you're not playing, like, thinking I, about it? I think, okay, so there's always, there's one game that always comes to mind when I think about games that have really stuck in my mind for, like, their gameplay and the concepts and stuff like that. And that is Braid, mm. the platformer, with the sort of oh. puzzle platformer with time travel where you can sort of rewind time. And not oh, only yeah. not only is the the art style is great, the mechanics are really interesting, but then there's this unexpected undertone of an interesting story and a and a sort of meaning mm. behind it. And that that sort of surprise depth, I think, is really compelling to me in a game. That is so interesting your wording. Yeah. Like where you've got that kind of two layers of like on one Mm. side, it's like this fun game with this cool mechanic. And then on the other side, there's like a bit more to it than that. Um, I think that's really interesting. Because I think one thing that frustrates me about games is when, you know, they might start out with like a cool crafting system or something, but you really quickly get to its sort of edges and, Mm. you know, there's not that much actually there. Um, So this, I feel like obviously a good game is not necessarily the most realistic but having that sense of being able to do anything a bit like Mm. you do in the world like you could technically get whatever materials and build whatever thing but then also that kind of hint of meaning that's so interesting that you put it in those words yes because that's what we sort of have in real life isn't it where we we get hints that maybe but nothing too in your face (laughs) we all know we're not in a story in real life yeah that's, that's interesting that's given me many thoughts maybe i'll do two <laughs> two days this year on my side project. One. Yeah. Well, just to veer back towards the original topic a little bit and trying to work that into it is mm. with all that considered and it sounds like you're really keen to sort of explore this idea of engagement um which is really interesting by the way and we could definitely have an entire episode about it and i think we definitely yeah, should we could. <laughs> No, 100%. It's something that's really, really interesting. But in that sense, would something like Unity be something that you would consider using for that purpose? Or would you maybe think that maybe it's a little bit too broad, you need something a little bit more specific? Mm. Or So actually, that's such a good point. I think that kind of is what I didn't necessarily think clearly, but now I've kind of realised, is that maybe what I'm saying is that Unity is not the quickest platform necessarily, and also it's not going to make you necessarily understand what makes a good game it's not necessarily going to make that for you um so yeah maybe it's something that you know i would recommend if you've got some specific ideas 
then, you know, you can find tutorials. There's so many. Unity produce some of their own tutorials, which are just brilliant, really in-depth, lots of options. And, you know, you can get started. But, yeah, you would kind of really want to have an idea of what you wanted to make. I, I wouldn't mm. personally find it that comfortable of a, of a platform to be trying to do investigation. So, yeah, hence my really weirdly simple side project. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. So it's it's not, it's not it's definitely a great tool for building something where you've got a mm. really concrete idea. You've maybe yeah. already got, you know, the, yeah. even down to some gameplay concepts and artwork and, and all of that kind of stuff. Then Unity is mm. great for building yeah. something and giving you all the tools you need to do a really wide range of it. And also it does things, even things like um, the sort of side things like um, helps you out with multiplayer and and if you want to have adverts in your game and stuff like that, like yeah. it, it does all of that kind of stuff as well, doesn't it? Yeah, really, really clever stuff. Yeah, you can kind of be hooking your game up to this back end that you mm. could have player accounts. Yeah, exactly. All those, all those things, which I think is great yeah. because yeah, people who make games need to. It feels like the modern day development for firms given tasks essentially which is essentially what's happened for yourself isn't it that's that's mm. your yeah. your company's been said we'd like you to build this and you went okay i will use it but maybe it's less of a thing when you've got a very specific kind of practice you want to explore like you've said but you haven't got an idea of how to get there yet because maybe it's a little bit too limiting in certain factors is, is that sort of what i'm getting yeah or maybe like a little a little just dis- a little overwhelming a little distracting because yeah. unity mm-hmm. yeah does so much um it does really cool things like um if you are make you know it's very separate in how it handles 2d and 3d so you would kind of make that choice up front and right. then um and then it offers you basically sort of drag and drop um capabilities for you know what kind of game physics you want whether you want some gravity or whether that's not appropriate for your game um, that's useful it is useful, you know, because we had like little counters laid out. And if you apply gravity onto those, then you obviously just fall off the screen. Um, and, <laughs> but obviously, if you're doing some kind of platformer, you don't want the player character to just hover in the middle. Um, you know, cameras, setting the cameras and having the camera follow the player or, or not. Lighting. I mean, it's just incredible. And, and the physics, obviously, of things bumping into other things and, and how things react. Um, and then obviously you can do all the scripting as well, which is pretty fun. Um, definitely, you know, I was really grateful for their tutorials, helping me get started with that. And mm. um, yeah, so it does it does an awful lot, but it's kind of like, here's a ton of tools. Like, here's the best tool. Well, I was going to say, that's really interesting because you d- you're describing mm. something that seems incredibly user-friendly and maybe beginner-friendly too, because obviously you've got all these drag-and-drop options and things are kind of like pre-built mm. for you, which is great. But then at the same time, it feels like there's so much content to try and learn. You have no idea where to start, no idea what you should focus on and what you should maybe just ignore, you know, so yeah, it's sort of like definitely. a double-edged sword. Yes, yeah, you're going to need to, yeah, get comfy with like a million settings, all that kind of thing is so, you know, follow all these tutorials. And there are good tutorials, so I definitely will give them so many props for that because that's brilliant. Mm. Um, Although I think there has been quite a big update to the software recently because, you know, they've got forums that are very active, which is great. But I was seeing a lot. I mean, this obviously might not still be the case when, you know, if anyone's listening to this in future, um, but just at this kind of in recent months, when I was when I was going through forums a lot for Q and A uh, purposes, you know, there would be quite a lot of posts that would say, 
do this to solve that problem. Yep, that's great. Here's, you know, some options on that solution. And then there'd be a post that says this no longer works in the current version. Right. <laughs> you know, so yeah, so there was a little bit of that going on. But I definitely would would kind of want to preface any criticisms or anything slightly negative by saying that I do just think it's incredible software and they're obviously doing so much work on it and have so many different user needs to kind of sort of try and meet the yeah. Yeah, so with, with all due respect to them, um, that it's, you know, things are maybe changing quite a lot and that can be, yeah, a little bit um, sort of halting your progress. And, and yeah, I would just say that if you're someone who wants to make a game and you're, you already have a really clear idea and it's maybe something that's going to have uh, a basis in existing game mechanics that you're quite familiar with in other games and you want to sort of start by maybe replicating some of that and seeing how that goes that's cool right but if you're more like i don't know what kind of game i would want to make i wouldn't say unity was super inspiring because mm. yeah you just get uh. bogged down in like should there be a gravity i don't know yeah <laughs> um, what <laughs> yeah. kind yeah i think it depends i mean yeah depends what kind of creative mode you're in so it's kind of like having a gigantic toolbox of things with mm. good descriptions on how to use those things but no idea what context to use them in yeah, yeah, almost, yeah. It's almost like there's lots of things that are possible, yeah, but not. it's not going to point you to million, million pound successful game yeah. necessarily, or even, hmm. even, I don't know, I don't know. Depend, yeah, depends what you want to make, for sure. What's really interesting is that we set out to talk a little bit about Unity, but actually what we've talked about is Unity's place and mm. how, as someone who is interested in making games, its position to help you with that like versus depending on what you want to do like you say like depending on whether it's like i have this exact idea of what i want to do and i need something yeah. to help me build it versus i'm interested in designing and building video games as a concept and i want to yeah. explore interesting ideas and and try something new um, and do something different and in the latter situation something like unity which is extremely powerful and also reasonably friendly is not necessarily going to help you if you want to explore because it is so powerful and actually you're better off like you say with your example of, of going back to something that's you know a text-based interact you know mm. something with very simple levels of interaction that's yeah or whatever is easiest yeah exactly yeah it's a funny one and i would say actually that our lives were kind of saved by having other unity developers mm. around that we could speak mm. to and, and get them to sort of there's obviously a sort of sense of how unity works that you get used to in terms of when you should restart the software versus when you should not restart <laughs> regardless of your overall project <laughs> Yeah, so um, it's good to good to have um, a Unity whisperer around. I'm sure there's like various <laughs> online communities as well that are good. But as all, like it is great to work in proximity to other developers all the time. I, well, I, that's my experience anyway. So mm. I, I just would say if someone was kind of on their own and trying to learn, like just be so patient with yourself yeah. and like don't be upset with yourself if it's if it's taking a while and definitely be. Be proactive about asking questions. Mm. Find a friendly Unity whisperer. I love that term. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it definitely feels like the community development tool rather than one that would mm. be more for one person or one team. Definitely something that you want to yeah. discuss openly with people. And actually, that's something that I remember seeing quite a lot on the forums. And maybe that's kind of prompting my almost like warning tone of voice is that, you know, there was and maybe this isn't actually the majority of users, but it's just you see it, you would see it more on the forums, which is, 
yeah, people who obviously just have an idea, they want to explore it. And they're just so frustrated about this little quirk or that little kind of unexpected thing, which obviously, I'm sure if you're professionally working with the software, with the software amongst other developers who are more experienced, you wouldn't worry because if you come across a quirk, you obviously get help to deal with it. And it's not really, it's not your passion project. You know, you're not going to be kind of heartbroken to lose mm. a whole weekend. Unity kind of attracts a lot of developers who, or, you know, people who might be really new to game development. Mm. And I guess I would be a little bit like, not warning away, but just kind of... Cautious. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe try not to work on it entirely by yourself, even if it means you have to work on something you're less, slightly less interested in to begin with. And then at least you could get over the hurdles with someone working with you of Mm. get used to the quirks, if that's feasible. Mm. Well, it sounds like... The, there's a lot of promise there basically and you should do, you should definitely take a look into it if you're using unity as a game developing tool but maybe just be just be careful and i think that's a lot of information there that a lot of people could really use so if you are going to be using unity for a upcoming project or maybe you you know weren't sure what you're supposed to be using you've just been given like a, a project file to what to work towards maybe this is giving you some information to it's kind of a head towards unity um, mm. definitely something that we we'd like to know your thoughts on because we've we've kind of gone back and forth on it a bit really we've not really come to a conclusive answer have we no <laughs> yeah definitely it's an interesting topic and actually just game yeah. development and, and and design as a whole is such an interesting and broad topic as well um, oh to definitely talk about. yeah it's been good it really is yeah i wanted to ask you guys some questions though before we fully wrap up do we have time Oh yeah, we always have time. Turning the tables. Do we allow? Yeah, do we allow? We can't have guests if they're going to start asking us questions. Oh, these guests getting all uppity. Goddamn! I know. Like, think they own the place. God. No, I've totally um, made it it sound so much more worrisome than it is. My main question is just why the name Octal FM. That's a really good question. That's a great question. Really? That, th- th- there's a little bit of logic to it. A little there bit. There is. Because we, we kind of wanted to riff off of the old podcast, didn't we? Yeah. Mm. So the old podcast was called Life in Hex. That was chosen because the hex element of it is um, hexadecimal. And hexadecimal, is, if you're a developer, um, Louise, I'm sure you know, like is a, is a base 16 way of counting numbers. So instead of counting from 0 to 10, you count from 0 to 10 and then from 10 to F. And that's your like, and then you start again that at 10. That is how I count as a developer, yes. Yeah, exactly. That's Obviously all developers day. count in base 16. Yeah. And, the, <laughs> and the reason being is because it maps better to computers. And so that's why mm. we called it Life in Hex, because we were, it was sort of like, it was kind of quirky and sort of geeky and like life in hexadecimal, life in technology kind of thing. And it also implied the, the fact that it's about life as well. It's not just about yes. being boring. We wanted to try yeah, to bring exactly. a bit of interest to things. <laughs> exactly. And then so hexadecimal is one base notation for, ca- for counting numbers. Octal is another numeric system where instead of counting from 0 to 10, you only count from 0 to 8, which of course is half of 16, um, which makes it sound like this podcast is half of Life in Hex, which I've only <laughs> Well, just it is, noticed. because the episodes are half an hour long and Life in Hex was an hour long. That's true. Yeah. Um, but higher in quality, like less yes, time, higher quality. Exactly, more efficient. I get it. Exactly. 100%. <laughs> But yeah, so that's that's where it came from. We basically, we just brainstormed a bunch of ideas and we were sort of thinking about the old podcast and what could we do that's kind of similar but not the same. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to reuse the same name. We wanted a fresh name. 
Um, and so, yeah, that's where we came up with Oxal FM. And, and FM mm. is also a great domain, you know, ender to buy. Yes. What, what is it based in again? I forget you, you did say. It's the Federated States of Micronesia. There you go, Micronesia. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> that's brilliant. Quite a few places use it. And yes. even though that's really not the whole purpose, it's used as like a naming convention. That's why they, but that's why they offer them. They do offer them for radio stations and stuff like yes. that. Um, it's on purpose. Mm. Yeah. And also Micronesia. So what about out of the episodes you guys have done so far, do you have a favourite? Mm. He says pulling up the list of episodes that we've recorded so far. <laughs> this is perhaps a little bit um, Travis syndrome, but I think probably one of my favourite episodes is the one that we did. All of the ones that we've had guests on have been my yeah, favourite episodes. Memorable. Yeah, Because they're very memorable and they're very interesting. And it's a lot different than just Seth and I talking together. Um, so the one that we did with um, my friend Tom when we were talking about Twitterfall, that was one of my favourites. And also one of the, the recent one that we did with um, Elizabeth Chesters as well about human-computer interaction. That was a lot of fun to record. We had, you know, behind yeah. the scenes, we had a lot of fun with that one. It was just, we all worked well together on the recording. And I think it comes across. And I think it oh, made nice. the episode come you know sound really great well the guests really add and indefinitely in this instance for this podcast too this show you add so much more interesting volatility if that's a word to it in the sense that like we don't know where it's going to go but that usually ends up making it really interesting yes exactly so yeah so i think those those have sort of been my favorites um yeah definitely the ones with guests um what about you seth i think for me i i really enjoyed doing research for almost more than recording of but that's not to take away from the recording element of it for the two episodes we did regarding uh music in video gaming that's true like the yes. use of it and also our favorite video game music episodes uh 15 and 16 oh my god i need to catch up on that or can you just can you just <laughs> fill me in now on your favorite music quickly <laughs> no you have to go listen obviously <laughs> you'll, I will. you'll have to I will. have a quick look and look at the show notes i just really enjoyed the because it was really unique to the podcast style of presenting that we could incorporate the music as part of our discussion at the same time. And yes. listening back to it is really, really cool. And I love using kind of different mediums within gaming. Like I love it when games sort of branch out beyond what they already are. So like ARGs are a good example of that, but like music in gaming is sort of like a lesser example. Yes. And how that affects the game itself is, is amazing to me. Uh, and I really, really enjoy doing the research and then the subsequent recording for that. That's cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, you guys are really good at podcasting, so I hope that you carry on. <laughs> carry on and do lots of well, episodes. You. Although I have, I've got quite a few to catch up. Like, I've just been looking through the backlog, actually, of before I even, probably before I even knew you. Um, and there's, there's some really interesting ones, like the music, <laughs> like the music ones. Game music is amazing. Okay, well, that's my... That's my next weekend scheduled in. <laughs> You'll have to give us your opinions. Yeah, cool. Definitely. And actually, and actually it's interesting talking about our favourite episodes and uh, admittedly I picked a couple of recent ones, but Seth's picked some old ones there. And it was always something when we first set out creating Octal FM, we said that we wanted to make episodes that would be relatively timeless. Um, yes. So episodes where, mm. you know, when we did Life in Hex, we used to talk about things that were current, you know, sort of like news in technology or news in video games and things like that. Right. And yeah. that was fine. But this time we wanted something that people could browse through and say, oh, I'm going to, that's really interesting. That that's topic, a cool topic. Is, is interesting. I'm going to listen to that episode and it would still make sense 
no matter when you listen to it kind of thing rather than something that focuses on well this happened this week in tech or in video <laughs> games which becomes yeah. irrelevant if you come back to it and that's also coupled with the fact that the episodes are shorter you know you should be able to just sort of queue up three or four episodes rather than follow along with octal fm as a thing and listen mm-hmm. to it as it comes out yeah you don't need to sequentially at all yeah exactly yeah, well, you've definitely, I would say that you've definitely succeeded at that goal because, yeah, looking through this, through the list from literally, I guess, the beginning. Mm. Cool. Yeah, no, there's several that do kind of just sound really interesting. Definitely timeless. Well done. Okay, that's my question. Sorry, I'm out of questions. No, no, it's, it's, it's quite nice to yes. have a, almost a little reminisce <laughs> oh, almost. Is there anyone that you've heard of um, who listens or that you've heard from who's listened to an episode that you've been like, oh, that's cool? We've not really had a great deal of feedback. We had some no. with some really good feedback from one of our old uh, school friends that used to listen to the show. He was on the ep- few episodes as well, and he gave us some really good feedback. Nice. Um, that's cool. Um, otherwise, we haven't really had a lot of feedback. I don't know if that's like people don't feel like they can be bothered or aren't interested in giving feedback. <laughs> I think um, it takes a lot of people are a shy. Lot of listeners. Yeah, Everyone's exactly. Like, oh, someone else is giving feedback. I don't need to, but yeah. you really yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Everyone exactly. should. Do you guys go on other people's podcasts? No, but that that is on my list for 2018. Cool. As one of the things that I want to do, I want to do, I want to try and um, expand in in that sense. In that we perhaps, as well as bringing people onto the show, try and broaden ourselves and and get onto other things as well. That's such a good idea. Hmm. That'll be really fun. I look forward to hearing more as it happens. <laughs> well, watch this space. But it's been a, it's, so far like. It's been a really fun experience doing Octal as well. Yeah. It's something that is never a chore, if that makes sense. Like, don't get me wrong, sometimes, like, you've got a bit of work to do for things like the the research. And obviously, Jao works really hard on the editing side of things. And I do definitely need to, to help out more on that one. <laughs> but it's never something that we're like, uh, you know. Yeah. It is definitely a work of, you know, a labor of love, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But I think like collaborating with friends to make things can just be the most enjoyable. And it's yes. such a good way to stay, yeah, like more frequently in touch, you know. Obviously, as you get older, it's easy Definitely. To... Now, that was one of the driving forces, in fact. It was, yeah. It was fundamentally... Such a good idea. One of the key things was like, well, it gives us the opportunity to catch up and have a chat every week or so. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of like a big part of it. Yeah, that's such a good thing. And it's just another form of not for you guys, but for listeners, like kind of asynchronous communication. So you can mm. listen when convenient and and yes. yeah, when spending the full day, the one day a year that you spend working on your weird text-based game project, <laughs> so you can maybe queue up like 10 episodes. Well, next year, this time next year, we'll have to get you back on the show again and you'll have to tell us what <laughs> progress you've made on it. Honestly, yeah, exactly. this year... I, I I'm so proud of myself because I actually make like actually made some progress rather than just notes, and so you can move mm. between two rooms. Wow! Oh, there we go. And that is it. But so there by will be... <laughs> by next year, you'll be able to interact with the mailbox or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm hoping that you'll be able to pick up an object and put it down. Isn't that exciting? I'm so yeah. excited. I'm getting ahead of we myself. We can do an folks. episode on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, there we and go. I can share the link, and everyone can log in and pick up an item in the kitchen and put it down in the garden exactly 
amazing isn't that so i'm excited about it I'm, I'm, yeah exactly we'll, we'll book you in definitely <laughs> gameplay excellence exactly um well louise thank you so much for coming on yeah. and, and talking to us and spending your evening having a chat about unity and game design and development as a whole i feel like i've come away from this with a bunch of ideas that we could do for follow-up oh, 100 yeah um and it would be great to get you back on yes or just, or actually, just get some geniuses who understand how to make amazing games. No, because more I... interesting to listen to people that have got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> no, we should definitely um, get you back on to talk more about. Um, there was a few. There was actually a whole bunch of things um, that would be great to talk more about. Game engagement for me was definitely the standout. Yes. That's something we could easily do a whole show on. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like we cut that short uh, unfairly. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> um, and and thank you as well for for asking us questions. This is such a yeah. such a novelty. Um, but where where can people find you on the interwebs um, if they want to ask you more questions about Unity or if they want you to be their Unity whisperer? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, yeah, that would be fine. I would be totally happy to answer questions about mm. unity so i'm on twitter with the very cool username of lswift01 and i also am at louiseswift.com which has links to everything awesome well yep go, definitely go and go and follow louise and go and ask her really difficult questions about unity i'm sure that she would love that <laughs> and um. i will not know <laughs> but it'll be interesting for both of us to to try and figure it out yeah exactly if you've enjoyed this episode definitely let us know and let louise know <laughs> no, yeah let louise know and let us know you can email us at show at octal.fm or you can also come and find us on twitter um, we're at octal.fm on twitter you can find us on facebook if you search octal.fm you can leave a review on all of the places that you can leave reviews whatever app you're listening to us right oh, now in whichever there's all there's, of them. there's be a button to star this episode or review this episode <laughs> do that press it right now while you're listening and while you're doing that I have been Gelada. And I have been Sephron. It's where you say I've been Louise. And I've been Louise. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and catch us again for another episode of Oxal FM very soon. Hello and welcome to another episode of Oxal FM. I'm Gelada. And I'm Sephron. <laughs> were you were you mid eating just then? No. <laughs> Okay, just checking. It was the pause. I was like, <laughs> sorry, I ruined that. It's fine. It's would fine. you like to start again? Uh, yes, I would. Um, would you like to know more? <laughs> my, I'm really sorry. My cat's just brought in. Did you hear that squeak? <laughs> yes. <laughs> His favourite. <laughs> so sorry. He just carries. Fine, this is not the first time we've had cats guests yeah. on the show. Yeah. <laughs> That is the worst timing. Could have been any time before now. Yeah, I think definitely. Um, Unity has been one of those um, one of those things. Uh, although I wouldn't say that I have. Um, can you hear those squeaks again? Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so sorry.